Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Okay, you guys, there is so much more to life than just workouts and healthy recipes. This is all of those real moments, the good, the bad, and the sometimes hilarious things that make life so worth living. So how do you live it? This is the Let's Do Life podcast with me, Autumn Calabrese. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Let's Do Life podcast. I am your host, fitness and nutrition expert, Autumn Calabrese. Today, we are on with a incredibly inspiring woman. She is the true definition of a boss babe. She's the first ever CEO in the beauty industry. She's the CEO of L'Oreal. She's the founder of It Cosmetics and the author of Believe It, How to Go from Underestimated to Unstoppable. Please welcome to the Let's Do Life podcast, Jamie Kern Lima. Jamie, how are you? Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, Autumn, I'm so great. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I am beyond excited to be talking to you. Your story is incredible. Your your book, Believe It, amazing. I not only read it, believe it or not, I actually listened to it um, on audio as well. Because when I have books that I really love, I like to go through them more than once because there's so much to pull from it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes. For my listeners who maybe don't know you, Jamie, can you just give us a little bit of background on yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm probably most well known for being the founder of It Cosmetics, um, which is a company I started in my living room. And uh, a lot of people don't know the the real stories behind the stories of, of how hard that journey was. And really my, my whole journey, I guess, of, of going from Denny's waitress to, to having this big idea, launching it in my living room, turning it into a, building it to a billion dollar company. Um, and, uh, you know, after uh, so many years of just hearing from so many women sharing their stories, like DMing me on Instagram saying like, oh, did you just get lucky or did you have connections? And, and then they would share their own struggles. And it made me realize like, oh, if, you, if we just see the headlines out there and we just see, you know, everyone's highlight reel, then we kind of feel alone in our own setbacks and our struggles. And so the whole real reason why I wrote Believe It was really for to kind of share all the stories behind the stories um, for the first time ever of years and years of rejection. And, you know, the lessons I learned on, on how to overcome self-doubt and, and break through those barriers we all create for ourselves. And especially when things aren't going our way and especially for years. And so it's really a book for everyone on, on how to overcome self-doubt and body doubt and God doubt and all those things. And I'm just really honored to, to share it with you, Autumn, and, and all of your listeners too. So thank you again for having me on. Yes. I resonated so much with it because such similar um, backgrounds. I was a waitress too for many years. It was Steak and Shake that I worked at in the Midwest. Um, <laughs> that was one of my first starts in waiting tables, but I waited tables for many, many years. And it is really, uh, we see it in the headlines when somebody makes it, it looks like they just made it. Like they just woke up and it was, oh, look who's a big success today. And they don't see the five, 10, 15 years of sitting on your living room floor. I too started in my apartment on my living room floor being the same shipping and customer service and, and all of it. So you actually 
started in journalism, you were on air as a reporter, right? Yeah, yeah. I um, It was an interesting journey because I think sometimes in life we think we know what our dream is and then all of a sudden things kind of change and we're like, oh, but I'm always told never quit whatever you do. And and I, I kind of learned this lesson that, um, that I really believe, which is that sometimes knowing when to let go of a dream is as important as when to go after one. And yeah, my whole life, I, when I was a little girl growing up, I would always watch Oprah in my living room every single day. And even from the time I was little, I thought, Oh, like I loved other people's stories. Um, and I thought, you know, I just knew my whole life, I'm going to have a career sharing other people's stories. And so I was eventually working, doing what I thought was my dream job and um, was anchoring the news, sharing other people's stories. And I started getting a skin condition called rosacea, uh, which for me um, actually gets really, 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 really bad. So it uh, comes in the form for me of like bumps and bright red bumps all over my cheeks and forehead. And my skin often feels like sandpaper. And what, what started happening is I'd be anchoring the news live and I would hear from my producer in my earpiece, um, there's something on your face, there's something on your face, you need to wipe it off. And I knew there's nothing I could wipe off. I knew it was the, the makeup breaking up, the redness coming through. And so I went through the season really of self-doubt. And I, I thought it was a, a season of setback in my life. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to get fired? Am I like, I would be live on TV thinking thoughts like our inner critics so great. Right. And I would be thinking right. thoughts like our viewers changing the channel. Am I, you know? And so I started uh, uh, trying every makeup product I could get my hands on from the ones in the drugstores to the expensive department store ones to the professional artistry lines. And I couldn't find anything that worked for my skin and it would either look like a really thick mask and start kind of cracking on the air or it just wouldn't cover. And so it was this kind of this interesting moment in life where I started getting this gut feeling like if you create something that works, it'll help a whole lot of other people. And I kept just feeling like I should do it um, in my gut, right? My intuition. But my head is like, oh, but you're not qualified. You don't know anyone in beauty. You got no money and you got no connections. So it was like this season in life. And I think maybe so many people listening to us right now can relate to this. Like maybe right now they're listening to you and me and they know in their gut that they're supposed to like write the first page of the book or, you know, start the podcast or the blog or, or they're supposed to jump careers. We kind of know if we really listen to it, but then so often in life, our head like talks ourselves out of our own truth. And um, it was a moment like that. And I, I think these are the moments that, define our lives. And so, you know, I, I have done a million things wrong in the journey, which I share all those in the book too. But one of the things I did right was I, I made the decision. I remember in that moment, like I made the decision, first of all, to be able to hear my own gut and then make the decision to trust it. Um, and I look back and I'm like, oh, yeah, I wasn't qualified. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing, but I trusted that feeling that I was supposed to take the leap I didn't know that I was going to spend three years not pay, being able to pay myself and getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rejections. Um, I didn't know how hard it was going to be, uh, but I'm really, really glad that, that I listened to my gut. You say it a lot in the book. You, you didn't know what you didn't know. And I, I think as an entrepreneur, a lot of times that is the biggest blessing because yeah. <laughs> As you said, when we, you know, when your gut is telling you one thing and your brain is telling you another, you almost benefit 
you, you almost become more fearless because you don't know all the things that could go wrong. Like looking back, do you ever look back and think, oh my gosh, if I would have known <laughs> all the things that could have went wrong, I would have never taken that first step <laughs> forward. Yeah. And how hard it was going to be and how, cause I thought I'd work hard my whole life. Right. You'll know too, as a, like waitress, you know, I've pushed shopping carts in the grocery, like I bag groceries, all the things like I've always been proud of how hard I've worked my whole life. I had no idea, you know, when, when it's your own thing, right. When, when as you know, um, your own brand or your own book or your own, you know, when you take that leap, it's like, it's so different than a job. You can just clock in or clock out of it's like, it's 24 seven in your mind. And then when you start to build a team and then you have, it's all the layers, right? So I think it's a blessing. Exactly what you said. When you don't know what you don't know, it's like, it's good. Cause I think if sometimes it's like parenting. It's babies are so cute. But like, if you knew how hard it was right. going to be, <laughs> would you really do it? Right. So it's like, sometimes it's this gift to not know until you're in it and you just got to figure it out. <laughs> and then, yes, you're in it and you're like, well, I'm here now. So I guess I'm going to have to power forward. I'm so happy I'm sitting at my desk right now in front of my microphone instead of my computer. You guys, I spend so much time in front of the computer these days. It's crazy. You would probably think, oh, fitness and nutrition expert. She's up and working out and cooking all the time. And while, yes, I do work out and I do cook my meals, I spend a lot of my day in front of the computer screen. I'm writing or I'm responding to emails or I'm researching or learning. And I was getting the worst eye strain. It was crazy. I was like, this is a real thing. It's not something I used to experience because I never used to spend this much time in front of the computer. But now that I am, whoa, like the eye strain and the headaches that would come were just crazy. And I tried a few pair of those glasses that are supposed to help with like eye strain during looking at computer screen and screen time. And I got to tell you, like they did not work that well for me. But then I found blue blocks. These glasses actually really have made a huge difference in how my eyes feel by the end of a writing session or several hours of responding to email. So I use their blue light computer glasses, their clear lenses. They're amazing. They help with headaches. They help with sore eyes, digital eye strain, watery eyes, fatigue. But what's also cool is that they come in really cool different frames. They're stylish frames. They've been like featured in Vogue magazine, which is awesome. There's science-backed technology to it. It's tested to ensure that they work, unlike other blue light glass companies, which I love that. I'm all about the science. And uh, like I said, it's just really made a huge difference in how my eyes feel at the end of a long day in front of the computer. So if you guys want to check them out, if you're experiencing that, that, that same issue with strained eyes from computers, or maybe you've got your teenage kids in front of the computer with school and they're experiencing it, you guys got to check out Blue Blocks. You can go to blueblocks.com slash autumn and you can use coupon code autumn, that's A-U-T-U-M-N, to save 15% on your order. So you go to Blue Blocks, it's B-L-U-B-L-O-X dot com slash autumn, and you use coupon code autumn to save you 15%. You guys, the products are amazing. They work. You got to check them out. idea because you're trying every beauty product out there and it's not working and 
you and your husband come up with the idea on your way to your honeymoon. Yeah. Come back, you quit your jobs. That's a huge step in and of itself. But you're a journalist and you said you didn't know anybody and you didn't have any connections. So for people who have what could be like this aha moment, this life-changing idea, but then they start to go into their head and go, I don't know anything about formulation. I don't know anything about this skin condition other than the fact that I have it and they're telling me there's nothing that can really be done. Where do you start? What, What is that first step? That's what's overwhelming, I feel like, a lot of times to people. For a lot of people, because they're like, what do I do if I don't know how how to do it? And and one thing just to share, sometimes it can be a huge gift when you don't know, because I have seen now in the past decade, I've been blessed to be able to, we built over a team of over a thousand people eventually. I couldn't hire anyone for the first three years because we, we couldn't even pay ourselves. It was, uh, but eventually over a thousand people, and I was able to hire people from the beauty industry that were beauty experts. And what I saw, Autumn, that you've probably seen this sometimes too, is when people do know what they're doing, they actually can't create something that's never been done before because <laughs> they know too much and they're in this. So in some times when you don't know what the heck you're doing, it can be a gift. Don't let it be a, like for anyone listening to us, don't be fully scared because sometimes it's cool because you can dream up things and imagine things without limitations and without being taught too much. So that's kind of a blessing. But um, yeah, the first the first thing that I would say is, you know, the blessing of having Google is huge uh, for all of history. We didn't have that. And that is huge in terms of saving so much time and money. But also, I think that the downside of technology as well, when you're just starting, is that you see everyone else on social media, you see other brands, you think that you might need to spend money to make sure things look good. You might need to prioritize flash over cash. And that's one of the biggest mistakes I see people making right now is they feel this pressure to have it look like a real company and a real brand and all these things. And so they're spending money on stuff that really doesn't matter and doesn't add value to their customer and doesn't, you know, put their product first. And so the big thing I would say is make sure that you're willing, if you're about to take the leap, um, A, you can do it. (laughs) And, and, and it's better to do it and fall flat on your face, uh, uh, than to look back and regret never having tried. You know what I mean? And yeah. I fell flat on my face for so long, um, but you can do it, but make sure, because again, we did a lot of things wrong, right? I talk in the book about when we got back from our honeymoon, quit our jobs, like it was hard. I did not know how to manufacture products. I didn't know how they were made. I didn't know. I was Googling FDA regulatory safety compliance in my living room and trying to write packaging copy myself. Um, I, I, I had no connection. So I hired the guy I had worked with at the news station and he, I didn't know how to make my first product packaging. Right. So he was the guy, I didn't know any graphic artist. So he was the guy that uh, he's total sweetheart, um, but he did the the graphics for TV news where they show you where the crime scene happens, like the map that goes up on the news. He did the map graphics. I'm like, listen, can you can you help me develop cosmetic packaging? So, anyways, I paid him uh, almost nothing, but hourly. He came over in the mornings at like 4 a.m. with his desktop computer, and he would get it out of his trunk and sit in my living room with me. And he didn't know what he was doing. I didn't know what I was doing, but we created all the first packaging for it cosmetics. And I was like, you know, as I was writing the label copy, which is just like, you just figure it out, you know, as you, as you go and, you know, to get our first manufacturer, even um, I learned that 
in the beauty space, for example, right? You And you can learn whatever space you want to dive into um, for your audience listening to us right now. I mean, of course, you can Google the heck out of it and find out what are the things you need to know. And what I learned quickly was, oh, who a beauty company uses as their manufacturer is like the most closely guarded secret. They don't share who their manufacturers are. So that became really difficult. So I started going to trade shows where all of the packaging companies, all of the formulating companies are all there on this big expo floor. And if you walk these trade shows and actually study close enough, you'll see they leave clues. Like a lot of the manufacturers will leave out samples, but you'll know like, oh, I recognize that brand's bottle or oh and you start to go okay this tells me this is a legitimate manufacturer they work for all these brands or and then the one thing I did is I just got really scrappy I went into all of the beauty stores like Sephora and Ulta and all the department stores and I wrote down every brand's name and there were hundreds and hundreds and I cold called every single makeup company across the country and whoever would answer I would just say oh, um, I'm looking for a referral to a really great formulator, a really great chemist. Like, can you share who you use or who you'd refer? And almost all of them would hang up on me because you're never supposed to share. And uh, there was a really small company uh, who was in Sephora and they let me know and they weren't a competitor at all, totally different positioning and stuff. But a girl there let me know who they use and said, they're really great. And this company works with a lot of the big, big companies too. And I'm like, great. And she should have never told me, but thank goodness she did. And I called that and that person ended up becoming, they're based in New York. They became our first ever manufacturer. And, you know, now it cosmetics has dozens and dozens and dozens, but it was really just being scrappy and resourceful, not being afraid to get hung up on having no ego. <laughs> just like, you know what I mean? I think when you're yeah. ready to do that, you can do just about anything. That is something you talk about a lot in the book that, I find myself going, when I'm listening, I hear the message over and over again. You, I feel like you do have a superpower in not having an ego about so many things, about being rejected. You talked about how Sephora didn't reject you once. They rejected you multiple times for years. And now It Cosmetics is obviously in Sephora. And you said how, if you would have let like anger and resentment get in the way, you wouldn't have that partnership. And it is an amazing partnership. How do you do that? Because that is human <laughs> nature to take things personally and you don't take things personally. You know, I think so. So two things, because I love this. Thank you, my for this question, because I feel like everyone listening who is a woman in particular in your audience right now, I feel like as women, um, fear of rejection and fear of like not doing things perfectly, but especially fear of rejection. It, it kills so many dreams. So many people have things to offer the world and ideas and gifts and uh, uh, everything. Right. And, and things that they could give and serve and share, or they know the answer in a boardroom or whatever it is. And we hold ourselves back because we're scared of rejection. Uh, And for me, like, oh my gosh, my whole hope with this book is that people really learn to hear themselves and trust themselves. But also if anyone reads this book and just slightly fears rejection less, I will like have, it'll, my life will be made because 
for me, this is huge and it needs to change. And I think if people change their relationship with rejection, like everything becomes possible. Um, and so two things on this, one is being afraid of rejection. And then the other thing is taking it personally when it happens. Right. And I will say, Autumn, like I separate, um, per, I, I separate this between personal and business because I think it's so important that we curate the friends and family around us and who we share our dreams with and who we don't. And I think, you know, I think creating or curating a circle of, of people who really lift you up and support you is, is something that we can do over time in our lives. It's something I talk about in the book on how I did it over time because we don't all have that in our immediate families or even with our partner. Um, I think when you have somebody in your personal life who's rejecting you or saying hurtful things, or I think that's a different category. I think that's when you go, okay, this isn't someone that should be in my circle or should be, right? But when it comes to business, I think that it is so important in, in business or in, and, and let's say someone's listening right now and, and their dream is to publish their first book. Um, the authors like you and me and, uh, or, or their dream is right. Like whatever it is in that, I, I consider that world, your business, your brand. It is so important not to take rejection personally. It is so important. And when I look, and again, I've done a lot of things wrong, <laughs> but one of the things I did right was like, every time this happened, even when it hurt, right. And usually rejection hurts and it's so hard. It's our human nature to not want to just take it personally, of course. And, uh, but every time I made the decision that in my dynamic with that person who rejected me, I was just going to decide that one day it would be a yes. And I was going to just behave accordingly. And they probably thought I was crazy, but every time Sephora, for example, or any of the other retailers, anytime they would reject me, Yes, it hurt. Yes, I would cry myself to sleep, all, all those things. But my response to them would be like, well, I can't wait till um, we are in your stores one day. And, and then like fast forward a week later, and if it cosmetics got a big press placement or something happened, or we launched a new product, I would email all the people that had rejected me and be like, great news. We just have this new launch. And I, and when we're in your stores one day, your customers are going to love it. They probably thought I was nuts. Right. But like I did this over and over. I, I, I never filled my, my energy space with them with resentment, which I think our human nature wants to be like, okay, after the millionth rejection, F you, it has to be personal. At this point, you don't deserve to have us in your, like, like you want right. to think those things, those are human nature. But I always try to approach the business side of things of like, okay, and I don't play chess, but I imagined if I played chess, what's the best move, right? I try to think of it this way. And be like my bigger goal is I would love to have a partnership with QVC and Sephora and Ulta and department stores. So I'm not going to get there by being like resentful every time they say no. I'm just going to decide. Like I'm literally going to make the decision. It's going to be a yes. And I'm going to treat that relationship as if it is going to be yes. So every press placement for years. And by the way, Adam, it was a no from um, QVC and department stores and all that. When we finally got into QVC, we became you know, the largest brand in their history. All these things. Sephora still said no. Sephora said no for six years, even after we were still one of the largest uh, companies in the country. Right. And 
by that point, you're like, how can it not be personal? But I still kept being like, it will be a yes, it will be. And then when it was a yes, it felt so victorious because it was like, it was kind of like the ultimate freedom when you don't have resentment. So I'm speaking with L'Oreal CEO, the founder of It Cosmetics, and the author of Believe It, How to Go from Underestimated to Unstoppable. You guys, I love this book. It was such an incredible, inspirational story. But here's the thing. I actually didn't read the book. I listened to the book. I do like to read, but I tend to fall asleep when I read. But there's something else that I find really intriguing about listening to to the audio version of a book, especially when the writer, the author is the one reading it, you get to hear all their inflections and passion and really feel their emotion. So I actually tend to not read my books, but listen to them. And I actually do that through Audible. If you don't know what Audible is, it is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment all in one place. At Audible, you can find the largest selection of audiobooks ranging from bestsellers and new releases to like celebrity memoirs, languages, business motivation. They also have original entertainment from top celebrity creators and thousands of popular and binge-worthy podcasts. Now, as an Audible member, you get one credit every month, and that is good for any title in their entire premium selection. So the buzziest new releases or whatever's on your bucket list or a celebrity memoir, those titles are yours to keep forever in your Audible library. You also get full access to their popular Plus catalog, and that is filled with like thousands and thousands of audiobooks, original entertainment. They have sleep tracks for better rest. They have podcasts. They have ad-free versions of your favorite shows and exclusive series. All are included with your membership, so you can download and stream all you want, no credits needed. Now, if you guys want to check out Audible, all you got to do is go to audible.com slash autumn, A-U-T-U-M-N, or you can text autumn to 500-500. So it's A-U-T-U-M-N and you text it to 500-500. Be sure to check it out and start listening today. One more thing to share is I really believe if we see rejection as a form of protection, right? Some people say rejection is God's protection or rejection is the universe's protection. And I'm telling you, if like anyone listening to us right now, even though rejection hurts, when we look back in our lives, like how many times are we like, oh, thank goodness that dude was a total jerk because if I would have ended up with him, then, you know, and we had, um, Two years into our, our business, we, I didn't know how we were going to make it. We were down to almost no money. We got a big phone call from a potential investor who's really well known, um, a, a company that's made all these consumer product companies. We all buy in grocery stores, like household names. And um, they loved our product, our concealer, and they wanted to take meetings. And I was so excited. And I thought, oh my gosh, Autumn, if they invest in our company, A, we're not going to go bankrupt. And B, like maybe they can use our leverage to get us in all these department stores that keep saying no to me. And, you know, we we did meeting after meeting and it went, they were going so well. And for the final meeting, my husband and I flew in um, and we had the meeting and the head guy was like about three feet from me in person. And he says to me, um, we really, we really believe in your product, um, but it's a no, we're going to pass on investing in it cosmetics. 
And when I said, well, can you tell me why? And he got really quiet and he says, do you, you really want me to be honest with you? And I said, yes, please. Cause feedback's usually a gift. And by that point I'd heard so many no's and, and he just looked at me and he said, I just don't think women will buy makeup from someone who looks like you with your body and your weight. And when he said that, I, first of all, I remember two things. I am, I remember like my whole body flooded with these feelings of a lifetime of body (laughs) doubt and self-doubt. And And so it felt like almost a guy staring my own fear straight in the eye, but I'll never forget this. He said that he said these words to me. I didn't even get mad. I mean, I went in my car and sobbed my eyes out. But when he said he he was three feet from me and he said, I just don't think women will buy makeup from someone who looks like you with your body and your weight. And I remember Autumn, like it was yesterday, like I got this feeling in my gut, just like a feeling that said he's wrong. Like he's wrong. I felt it. Um, and, and, and so for six years, <laughs> anytime, cause you know, when people hurt us, like we've all had someone in some way, shape or form, tell us we're not enough or we are not the right fit or they don't believe in us. Right. And when that happens to us, it's so tempting to replay those words over and over in our head. And for six years, every time his words would come in my head, I, and I talk about this in the book, how to turn down the volume <laughs> on the stuff that hurt, right. And then right. turn up the volume on our own knowing on the things we know to be true about ourselves. In this case, that feeling I had in my gut that he's wrong. I, I would turn the volume up on that in like this imaginary way in my head. Um, and, and, and just to share on the whole rejection is God's protection idea is, uh, six years later when L'Oreal, um, bought it cosmetics because L'Oreal is a public company, it was all over. They had to do a press release. They announced the purchase price, which was over a billion dollars. And so it hit the home, the homepage of the wall street journal everywhere. And I heard from that investor for the first time in six years. And he said, um, congratulations, uh, I'm so happy for you. I was wrong. I uh, wish you all the best. And I just remember, you know, saying, thank you so much. And I remember going, oh my gosh, like at the time I was so desperate. I had no money. And, you know, if he had believed in me and invested in us early on, I probably would have given him the majority of the company, like nothing. Right. But, but like, because he didn't believe in me, it was like, oh, by the time we sold at L'Oreal, we were still the largest shareholders and everything was so different. It was like, thank God he rejected me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, yes. It's like rejection can be protection, God's protection, the universe's protection. So when we start to see it like that too, it helps us become less fear, less fearful of just going after things and trusting, you know, that exactly how things are supposed to happen and when, even when they don't make sense at the time, that, that we have that trust that that's how yeah. it's going to work out. So let me ask you this, from the time you create It Cosmetics to the time L'Oreal, one of the biggest names in the business, purchases it from you, names you the first woman CEO of a cosmetic company, which congratulations, how inspiring is that with ladies that the, the beauty industry that, you know, we spend billions of dollars on a year has mostly been run by men. So yay that we have a woman leading the way. But how long, how long from the time you create it till the time that they buy it from you? Yeah, it was eight years. Eight years. Now, when you, when you look at it and it's, it's crazy how parallel our stories are. I'm going to share more of it after you and I talk, because I know you have to wrap up in a minute, but eight years you were on your living room floor, 
You had your friend coming over, calling in favors, creating it cosmetics to CEO L'Oreal has bought it for a billion dollars or more than a billion dollars. I hope that anybody listening and everybody listening feels the power and magnitude of that. People think that it takes a lifetime, that if you didn't start when you were 20, if you don't have the degree in it, that you can't do it. If you're already in your 30s or your 40s, it's too late. And in eight years, you went from barely any money in your checking account to the CEO of L'Oreal. That's incredible. Do you have moments where you just look back and think, is this real life? Because I know I do in my position. Yeah, I I do still. Yes, I, I do sometimes feel like, um, but, you know, and here's what I want to say to that too is, you know, the, the biggest thing I talk about and believe it in my book is how do you learn to get still, hear your own gut, and know if you're supposed to keep going, know if this is what you're supposed to be doing. And why I bring that up is because eight years sounds so short. Um, and I remember though, the first three years <laughs> of, we were, we were under a thousand dollars in our company and combined um, personal bank account almost always, which meant we didn't know at any moment if we were not going to be able to keep the lights on. And you know, it was like years of when I would get my ATM receipt. I don't know if you've ever had this experience and you hit no receipt because you can't even stomach to yes. see the balance when you, yeah, it was like that. And, and when we're in those seasons, right. And, and here's the thing, Autumn is like, I had this feeling that, oh my gosh, I could create a product that works. It's going to help a lot of people. And then I also realized because I'd never seen models that had rosacea before I realized, oh wait, I've only seen models ever that have flawless skin. What if I create a beauty company where I use women that have all different skin challenges and that are all different ages and sizes and, and skin tones and, 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 and call them beautiful models and mean it. And, and I had this vision, but whenever we're doing something that has, you know, at that time that wasn't being done, um, I wish I learned this earlier that whenever you're doing something novel to you or authentic to you, and if it's authentic to you, there's only one of you. So by definition, it's never been done before. Don't be surprised when a lot of the experts aren't going to get it because even visionaries and experts often can't imagine something working unless it's already been done before. It's already succeeded before. And, and I didn't know that at the time, but what I want to share with just everyone listening is like, especially if they're in this season of going, oh, I have this feeling like I, like the whole first three years, even almost four years of it cosmetics, I kept feeling in my gut, like this is needed, a, a company that shifts the way we, we define beauty and, you know, all is more inclusive. Like I, I knew it was needed, but sometimes we know something, we think we're right. We have this gut feeling, but then everyone tells us it's not going to work. And, right. and, you know, in my case, it was like all of the beauty stores said, no, I was only doing like two to three orders a day on my website, barely staying alive. So it wasn't like customers were buying. It was, and then I have my, and then a lot of us have this where it's like our own family saying like, are you sure you should have quit your job? Are you sure? Yeah. You, right. And it was like, you have it coming from everywhere. And the rejection after rejection went on for three years. And when we're in seasons like that, the most, the easiest thing to do is to talk ourselves out of our own destiny, talk ourselves out of ever becoming the person we're born to be because right. the, the noise of self-doubt of other people's doubt of lack of 
proof of success. All of it gets so loud. And that's why I think there were so many times those first three years where I think most people would have quit. I, I was so tempted to quit so many times. And the only reason I didn't was I would pray about it. I would get still and I would hear in my gut, I was supposed to keep going. And I think that's the, and whether or not I ended up, you know, whatever the outcome is, whether you sell your company for a billion dollars or, or, or you do it for two years and give up, when you, when you learn to hear your gut and follow it, that's the victory because that's when you know you're, you're, you're becoming the person you're supposed to be and, and you're on that path to becoming all of who you are. And that's where I think it's so important. And so, you know, eight years sounds fast, but for anyone in year two, three, four, five, six, seven, and it's not happening, um, it feels like a lifetime. <laughs> you start to think you're wrong or your gut was wrong, but like learning to hear your gut and trust it, that's, that's the victory. And, and that's really the only reason I was ever able to build a billion dollar company. Yeah. Because if I didn't learn to do that, I would have quit after the hundredth no, probably. I think that's one of the best pieces of advice that anybody can give and hear is to trust your gut. Jamie's book is called Believe It. And y'all, if we're going to do life and we're going to do life on our terms, then that's what we have to do. We have to trust our gut and we have to believe it 100% wholeheartedly. Jamie, I cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your schedule, your, I'm sure, incredibly busy schedule and sharing with us. You guys, the book is Believe It. It's so inspiring. It's so powerful. It's such a fun read on top of all of that. Make sure you check it out. Jamie, can you just tell everybody where else they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, all my info's on believeit.com. Um, by the way, I'm donating 100% of the proceeds uh, from the book to Feeding America and Together Rising. I'm literally just doing it because I feel like if we really share the real stuff, like everyone feels less alone and more enough. And I hope like we all rise together that way. Right. Which is why I love your show. So thank you. And, um, and so, but yeah, the book is believe it, um, how to go from underestimated to unstoppable and it's, uh, at believe it.com. And so I'm there all my info. I'm also on Instagram at Jamie Kern Lima and, um, yeah, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me too. Incredible. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you. If y'all have been on my social media lately, you know that I am in the middle of a kitchen remodel. One of my least favorite things to do is to do remodels, to do construction on the house. But I wanted it done. It needed to happen. It's getting done. But in the process, a kitchen remodel, like that is something that throws a real wrench into daily life, especially when you're somebody like me who's into making their meals, and eating really healthy. So I have been cooking. I have a little kitchen in my guest house. I know I'm lucky for that, you guys. And I've been cooking back there, but it's hilarious. I have treks from one end of the house to the back house. I forget something. I have to go back. So these last two weeks have just been incredibly busy, and I decided I needed a little help. While I prefer to cook my own meals a lot of the time, I just needed a little bit of a break from the insanity. And I tried a meal delivery service called Sakara. So Sakara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat, because you know, that's important. So their meals are organic, which I love and appreciate. They're ready to eat meals. They're made with powerful plant-based ingredients. So 
it is all plant-based you guys but you know i am plant-based i do eat animal protein um but for the most part most of my meal choices are heavy on plants so this worked really well for me as well uh they are designed to boost your energy improve your digestion that gets your skin glowing there's so much power behind plants like why wouldn't we eat more of them their menu is creative like there was some things that i got to try that were so good i would have never thought about it one of them was like this uh sea buckthorn cereal like with orange blossom Ooh, it was so good they're um chef crafted they're ready to eat like i said they have breakfast lunch dinners it changes up weekly so you don't get bored it's delivered fresh to your door anywhere in the u.s so if you guys are looking for a meal delivery service keep in mind like i said they are plant-based um so you're not going to get animal protein in there. You might need to make a little of that yourself at home if you eat animal protein like I do. But so good. It was actually really affordable for a meal delivery service at home, especially for the amount of food you're getting and the quality of the food that you're giving that you're getting. And right now, uh, Sakara is offering my listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash let's do life and you enter code autumn20 at checkout. So it's S-A-K-A-R-A, Sakara, sakara.com slash slash let's do life. You enter the code autumn, A-U-T-U-M-N, two, zero. So autumn20 at checkout. You guys, again, it's been a lifesaver for me the last two weeks to have that available, to just have it easy, know that I'm getting clean ingredients, healthy ingredients, and staying on track. Check it out. You guys, how incredible to get to speak with such a fierce female boss. I mean, sometimes I just stop and think about where I'm at in my career and I'm like, wow, look who I just got to interview. She's the CEO of L'Oreal. She sold her company for over a billion dollars. And here I am. On the Let's Do Life podcast, getting to talk to her, getting to hear from her, getting to share her story with all of you. And I I mentioned it while I was talking to her that it's crazy how many parallels her and I have in our stories. The one parallel we don't have is I haven't sold anything to anybody for a billion dollars yet, but I'm not done. I'm still working towards it. But when she talked about um, being a waitress at Denny's, you know, she briefly mentioned it while we were talking, but she talks about it in the book. Again, the book is Believe It. Um, And she talks about how she worked four jobs at one time uh, because she wanted to save up for a car. And I remember being in college wanting a car. And the biggest reason I wanted a car was because having a car meant I could have a better job. I had tried to find jobs around my college, like ones that I could walk to, but there was nothing that was going to help me make that much money. I was working at a bagel shop for a little bit. And after just a few weeks, I was like, this is not going to cut it. My friend and roommate was waiting tables And she was making really good money. So I remember saying, do you think you can get me hired there? And she's like, yeah, let's see if we can get the same shifts. Because that was going to be the only way I could get there was if I worked the same exact shifts as her. And the restaurant managers were nice enough to not only hire me, but to give me all the same shifts. And her and I basically worked 
seven days a week. On the weekends, I worked double shifts and I saved up my money, my $2,000 down payment so that I could buy, well, I actually leased it. I leased my first car and it was a brand new Honda Civic. I was so excited for that car and I worked my butt off for that car. And I actually had that car for a very long time. I got it when I was a sophomore in college. Yes, sophomore in college. And I had that car all through college, drove myself out to California in that car, had it for another, I think, year and a half or two years, and then finally sold it and then bought my second car. But, uh, so similar beginnings, even being it just waiting tables. She talked about starting her company with her husband from her living room. Y'all, that's how Ultimate Portion Fix, my container system, that's how it all started. It was called Change My Plate at the time. And it started in my two-bedroom apartment in the living room. I had the idea... I started working on it. This is like, you weren't even really searching the internet on your phone at that time. Like you searched it on your computer, but I didn't even, you know, I think I got a, I think I had a Blackberry at the time. So you didn't really like search the internet on your phone. You had to get on the computer and do the work. And I had no idea what I was doing. And when Jamie was talking about getting started and, and just cold call after cold call and rejection and, she said, you know, sometimes what you, you don't know what you don't know, and that's a blessing in disguise because you don't realize how hard it's going to be, and those are the things that could stop you when your gut is telling you to go. And I had those same experiences. My gut was telling me to run with it. My gut was saying, you know, portion, con- or portion control can work, and that's what people need, and we're supersizing and oversizing everything. But my brain was saying, portion control's everywhere, and if you do search it on the internet, people talk about eat protein the size of the palm of your hand and eat carbs the size of your fist. So why are my containers going to make a difference? But I just had this gut feeling that I needed to push forward with it. And I was, I was doing it slowly, but surely I was pushing forward with it because I didn't have any money. So it had to be what I could afford to do little by little at the time. And then I had an opportunity come up. A friend of mine was uh, one of the bookers for the TV show uh, on the Hallmark channel, Home and Family. And she said, what's that product you're working on? Do you think you could have it done by, it was someday in October, it was like October or something. It was like four weeks away-ish. She's like, do you think you could have it done by this date? You guys, it was nowhere near ready. It was nowhere near ready. But she's like, if you have it ready, I could have you on the show. You could even launch it on the show. And by launch it, it meant I was going to sell it for my living room. And I just said yes. I said yes, I could have it ready and let her book me for that show not having any clue how I was going to get change my plate together in time to make it on that show. I called in every favor I had, every friend that could do any little thing that I might need them to. And when I say that, I had a friend who was starting in photography. She agreed to shoot photos of the containers and she agreed to shoot photos of me to go on the packaging. I asked two of my guy friends from the gym who were in really good shape to be the two guy models on the packaging with me. I didn't pay them. They just did it. They were good friends. Um, 
I asked one of my best friends who she was a personal trainer, but she had a background in graphic design. I asked her if she would give me a discount on designing the packaging, like the box for change my plate. And she did. She designed the box. I had no idea where you get the box from. It happened to be that one of the members of the gym did you guys, I can't even tell you what, what it is now. Exactly. It all happened in such a blur back then that it was just like, yeah, what, what do I need? And he did packaging. Like he actually, his company would take the image and they were the ones that would put it on the box and make the boxes. And he helped me out. He gave me a deal. He rushed my order. Then the boxes all come and they're not put together. So there I am putting Dominic to bed at like, three years old, I think, two and a half, three years old. And I would sit on my living room floor and I would put these boxes together and I had sourced the containers. The containers were not color coded. They were not pretty at all. They were just these clear color coded containers, different sizes. And I would, they were all stacked, just huge stacks of them in my closet. And I would put them in the boxes, like how many were going in each box. And my graphic designer friend also helped me do the little book that came with the box that told you how to use the product and it, that's how it started. And I went on, I don't know how I made the date, but I made the date. I went on the Hallmark channel. It was for sale on Amazon. I had it up on Amazon and I had my own little website and I would sell like three to five of them a day. And I just thought that was the best thing ever. And I would package it myself and I would drive it to the post office myself and I would ship it myself and I had a separate cell phone so that when people called for customer service, there was I wanted them to be able to call for customer service. If there was questions, I would answer it. I would not use my name, which is funny because um, Jamie talks about using her middle name for customer service. She talks about that in the book. Her middle name is Mar- uh, Marie and she talks about how she created it an email account that was like Maria at cosmetics.com. And that's where she would pitch from so that it wasn't her pitching. It wasn't the creator of the company pitching with somebody else. So yes, I had my cell phone. I don't remember what name I used, but I did do that. I, I used a, an alias name and I answered all the customer service and I did it all from my living room. So for, for so many of you that are listening, that are having those ideas that are thinking, could I do this? Should I do this? The answer is yes to both. Go for it. Like if you have a dream, if you have an idea, if it's something that you think can help somebody, go for it. A little bit of fear is good. Let that fear be there. That fear, you know, it it steers you. It helps you. But trust your gut. Go for it. Because had I not gone for it, I wouldn't be here today with Beachbody, with my number one best-selling book, with my best-selling cookbooks, with the podcast that you're listening to right now, that um, that just wouldn't have happened. So you have to trust your gut. Jamie talks about that a lot in the book, about trusting your instincts, trusting your gut, trusting higher powers, whatever you believe. But that if you have that idea, even when you fall, you're going to have to trust that gut. You're going to have to believe it. You're going to have to get back up. And I had all of those things happen to me too. I talk about a lot of it in my book, Lose Weight Like Crazy, even if you have a crazy life. There was another story that Jamie shared. And you guys, I'm sharing this just because I want you to see that a lot of times entrepreneurs have the same thing happen. Not exactly, but a lot of things are similar. 
When it comes to deodorants, so many of us feel like we have to pick between staying dry and odor-free by dealing with nasty chemicals, right? Or going the natural route, but then dealing with harsh applications and a less effective product. But you guys, with each and every, I don't have to pick. I love this natural deodorant. There's no gross chemicals or hidden ingredients. It feels so silky smooth going on. That's because of the coconut oil in it. And it keeps me odor-free all day. Obviously, that is the next biggest priority for me behind not having harsh chemicals in it. I love that the company was founded by women. I'm all about female entrepreneurs and supporting each other. But like I said, I just love the formula. I love that it's crafted with just six simple, safe ingredients, coconut oil being one of them, dead sea salt, plus essential oils. There isn't any of those harsh chemicals like aluminum or even baking soda. And it does fight odors and keeps you smelling fresh all day. You guys are going to love it if you give it a try. And right now, you can get a special offer for my listeners for a limited time only. You can get 30% off your first purchase. So you go to eachandevery.com slash autumn, A-U-T-U-M-N, and use promo code 30 autumn. So eachandevery.com slash autumn, and then you use promo code 30autumn, A-U-T-U-M-N, and that's going to get you 30% off your first purchase. Check it out. She mentioned that rejection is protection. And when I had created Change My Plate, I was trying to get it into what they call big box stores, like a Bed Bath & Beyond or something like that, where it could be on shelves and people could buy it. I didn't have to do it from my living room. And I didn't really know what I was doing. I had a friend who is very, very good in business and has done a lot of investments and and is well-to-do. So he had the money to be able to invest. And he took a meeting with me and he sat down with me. And mind you, he knew me very well. I knew his wife very well. And we talked about it. I told him about the product. And he, after that lunch meeting, he went home, he thought about it and he messaged me and he's like, I just don't think it's the right investment for me. And I was like, damn, like if one of my good friends, husbands, isn't going to invest, like who am I going to find to invest? Because he knows me, he knows my work ethic. He has seen what I do with clients at the gym. So if he doesn't believe in this, is this not going to work? And it was only a couple of weeks, maybe a month or so later when I got the call from Beachbody. And to this day, I have no idea. If I had him as an investor, I don't know what percentage of the company he would have owned. I probably would have been able to, I probably would have been willing to give up a lot to have that money come in and help me try to get it into big box stores. And had I done that, I wouldn't have been able to sell it to Beachbody and I wouldn't have been able to turn it into ultimate portion fix and the color coded containers. And I wouldn't have been able to refine it over the years and get all your questions the way that I have and put fitness programs to go with it and cookbooks and cooking shows. So that rejection, while it hurt, absolutely was protecting me and setting me up for a bigger success. And again, I talk about that same topic. It's called in my book, it's a chapter on redirects. 
I don't believe in failures. I believe in redirects. And and you can take getting rejected as a failure, but really I don't do that. I take it as a redirection to where I'm supposed to be. And I say that all the time is that if you would have asked me in my 20s what my failures were, I could have rattled off a list. But at 40, if you ask me, I will tell you I have never failed. Never failed. Just been redirected. Been redirected over and over again. Doesn't mean it didn't hurt. Doesn't mean those redirects didn't bring on self-doubt or feelings of inadequacy. It did. But ultimately, my gut and trusting it guided me to exactly where I didn't know I wanted to be. So I'm just so grateful that I got to have Jamie on, that she took some time out of her busy schedule to share with all of you a little bit of her story, but to hear even more of it because there was so much I wanted to dig into with her that we just didn't have time for about bullying that she experienced when she was first at QVC, um, about people knocking her off, knocking off one of her best-selling products. I don't know if everybody knows this or not, but... 21 Day Fix launched. It's been almost eight years now. Launched, came out of the gate so incredibly strong and has held strong. And part of 21 Day Fix was the color-coded containers. And I don't even have the exact numbers. I don't remember the exact numbers. But what we were selling, because you could buy it through the infomercial, you could buy it online. And after a certain point, you could buy them on Amazon. Beachbody would sell them through Amazon. At a certain point, we were doing, I want to say... It was like 90,000 a day. Don't quote me on that, but it was some astronomical number that we were selling, even just the containers alone by themselves, because you could buy the containers in case you wanted more as a standalone. Y'all, within the first year of 21 Day Fix coming out, I can't tell you the number of times we've been knocked off. Just do a Google search and you'll see it. And the craziest part is that they would put on the packaging as seen on TV. So they were claiming that their color-coded containers were the ones that you were seeing in the infomercial and they weren't. And And here's the thing, theirs wouldn't work with my system because they had to change the, the sizes of the containers and they might've had a purple container, but their purple container couldn't represent fruit. They might have had a green container, but it couldn't represent vegetables. It had to represent a different food group because that's part of making sure that we couldn't totally sue them. Instead of their containers being square, they would be more round. I mean, the Beachbody attorneys have spent countless hours stopping these companies from taking our idea and ripping us off and trying to run with it. Now, when Jamie talks about when she was ripped off for the first time in the book, it could have devastated her company. It could have put her out of business. She was Her company was still small, growing, and it was a much bigger beauty company that was ripping her off. It, it could have put her out of business. Now, are these other companies ripping off the container system going to put Beachbody out of business? No. But is it frustrating for somebody like me? Does it take money out of my pocket, which feeds my son, takes care of my son, helps take care of my family. Yes. Does it take money out of Beachbody's pocket, which pays their employees and keeps them all working? Yes, it does. So it's, it's so there's just so many different parallels that I've seen in the entrepreneurial world. 
And I just love her message so much about staying positive, about mindset, about get putting the ego aside, keeping business separate, not taking it personal. I will be the first to admit I take a lot of things personally. It's something I work on. I take a lot of things personally, probably because I put a lot, I put so much hard work into everything. And obviously Jamie does too. She puts so much hard work into what she does or she wouldn't be where she is today. But I just, I'm, I'm definitely a work in progress on that part of not taking things personally. I've seen people rip off the 21 day fix format. Uh, it happened with 80 day obsession when we, when we launched that with all the loops and the slides, all of a sudden every fitness expert out there was creating their loops. I didn't create the loops, by the way, you guys, obviously those loops had been out there, but people using them, using them in a similar format. It's, it's crazy how it happens. And you have to really start to develop thick skin. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you cannot let that stuff get to you. You, or at least you can't let it get to you long term. I'm not, we're all human. So I'm not saying you're not going to feel it because you feel it. You, you feel it. The frustration comes, the anger comes, the fear comes, but ultimately you have to keep remembering who you are, what your mission is, what sets you apart from other people. It's just such a great message. You guys got to check out the book. Again, it is called Believe It, How to Go from Underestimated to Unstoppable. It's by Jamie Kern Lima. All of the proceeds of her book are going to charity, which is even more incredible That's it, you guys. I love it. I love the message. Let's believe it and let's do life believing it. Thanks for listening to the Let's Do Life podcast with me, Autumn Calabrese. This show is produced by Will Sterling for Podcast One. Be sure to download new episodes every week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at podcastone.com. And don't forget to leave a rating and review. month on Pluto TV, women take the lead in celebration of Women's History Month. Drop in for the best of female talent in film, TV, documentaries, comedy, and more with big movies like Charlie's Angels, Last Holiday, and Pretty in Pink. Plus shows like Inside Amy Schumer, Moesha, and Sister Sister. There's something for everyone. Seven years ago, college wrestler Damian Hurd disappeared from a party in Gunnison, Colorado. Everyone has been drinking or whatever the usual party scene. When, how, and why he left are questions I need your help to understand. Nobody's heard from him. No, it's just like he disappeared. From Cold Case Productions and Podcast One, Final Days on Earth, The Life and Death of Damien Hurd. I'm your host, Claire Sanima. Join me April 20th for the season premiere.